0: Oh, what did you eat today? <laughs> Jeez. Welcome to Sammy and Scooby Watch Movies, the podcast where we break down what movies have to say about real life issues. I'm Sam Broadnax, and along with my co-host, Jake Scoobish, we're going to continue looking at movies that comment on income inequality here in season one. We're going to look at dramas and comedies, old and new films, and try to answer how these movies address income inequality differently and what these stories say about how we all think about the issue. On this episode, we'll be discussing The Florida Project, a film that focuses on the life of a young mother and her daughter near the dreamy but poverty-struck region surrounding Disney World.
1: Calling the Magic Castle, Amber. Mm. Yeah, sure do. Thirty-eight dollars a night. Okay, I warned you. One drip and you're out. Oh, come on! Out now. It's gonna melt outside. It's melting inside too. But Bobby. Out. (sighs) Thank you very much. rooms we're not supposed to go in Mm -hmm. but let's go anyway (laughs) could you give us some change please the doctor said we have asthma we gotta eat ice cream right away here you go hey lee got a situation here open up it's only second week of the summer and there's already been a dead fish in the pool we're trying to get it back alive water blooms thrown at tourists (laughs) mother yeah, mom, <laughs> you're a
0: disgrace. There are so many aspects of the Florida Project that make it a truly unique film. It takes place in the town of Kissimmee, Florida, which is just south of Orlando, in a large purple-painted motel called the Magic Castle. The film follows the life of the residents in the motel, with the young mother Haley and her daughter Mooney being the main focus of the plot. The dreamy color scheme and setting that transformed the $35 a night motel into an almost legitimate magic castle sets the stage for the entire film. While the film itself is focusing on the life of a family that survives paycheck to paycheck, it almost feels like the dream of a young child thanks to the tireless effort of Haley who works to provide a life of fantasy and endless possibilities for her daughter. Between the contrasting existence of the characters living in poverty and the setting of Disney World and the complexity of the characters themselves, there are so many aspects of this film to deconstruct. The film comments on everything from childhood, the transition to adulthood, to even what it means to be a parent, as well as rural poverty and so much more. So with so much going on in this movie, what stood out to you most, Jake?
1: I think my first thought when I think about the Florida Project is just how different it is in terms of income inequality with some of the other movies we're going to watch. Just because, for example, when we talked about Snowpiercer, Mm -hmm. there was very clearly the people at the back of the train and the people at the front of the train and everyone in between. And you got a sense of like the whole scale of it. And this one is kind of a movie about income inequality that is entirely about the people on the bottom. It's a pretty insulated story.
0: Agreed. And a story that doesn't get told often.
1: Yeah, it's a unique way of telling it because obviously the setting is kind of the basis for maybe us digging into this as a movie about income inequality Mm because against this whole world that we come to know at this motel with these people who don't have much of anything. It's right outside Disney World, which is the American capitalist epitome of, <laughs> of joy and money in America. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of where the, the big contrast of the movie comes in.
0: Totally feel that. And you don't even really see it until there's this really crazy scene.
1: There, there's a scene involving Disney World. Yeah. We, we get to see the inside of Disney World.
0: Yes. And like the con- the contrast is like there, especially for the characters that show up, who are like, on the way to disney world it's like something when you're in that zone and you want to go on vaca- or people are going on vacation and they're like in that world when they come in to this world that's like just as part of like the whole world you really see the contrast there yeah and the
1: way sean baker the director mm-hmm. of the movie films that scene inside disney world is just it's like it's not reality anymore it's it's a it's a different thing it's a different place
0: Absolutely, I totally. He does a really good job. At, the film changes so much when it's focusing on Haley, and then when it's focusing on her daughter. It, you feel it, it almost felt like for me, I was watching something totally different.
1: Right, because Haley. I mean, Haley has to deal with paying rent and finding a job, and I think this is what makes the Ford Project most interesting. Because Mo- Mooney's probably the main character; she probably has most of the screen time, mm-hmm. and it's it's really a movie about poverty that. Makes me happy and is joyful most of the time. Agreed. Which felt really odd
0: watching it. I was kind of lost the first time I saw it in like what was happening in the film and the emotions I was feeling, and almost forgetting how sad and
1: real the film was. The movie only got I think one Oscar nomination, just for Mm -hmm. Willem Dafoe's performance. Wow. And I think it kind of says a lot about what organizations like the Academy values because. They give movies about poverty awards, but only movies that are usually very, very sad and mm. makes, makes an organization like that feel like they're like, like talking about something important. And I don't think they necessarily wanted to reward a story about poverty that was real, but also was like, hey, these people have a lot of joy in their lives too. Yeah. Do
0: you think, did you feel like that aspect... Of the film, the fact that it was a little brighter, like added to its uniqueness and its ability to make the make the commentary that it did.
1: I think so, because and it's a lot like eighth grade, the movie, Bo Burnham's depiction of eighth grade life. A lot of movies about high school kind of stray away from how awkward it actually is. And this one dives right into it. And a lot of movies about poverty in the same way kind of stray away from the fact that these people have full lives. Mm-hmm. And, like, just focuses on the, we're not doing enough to care about the poor. Everything is sad for them. Like, we obviously have a responsibility to change what our income scale looks like. But but it it doesn't mean that these people aren't people with feelings and, and like, positive experiences as well. Oh, absolutely. So what were some of your your favorite moments from the movie?
0: Hmm. Most of my favorite moments from the movie surround Mooney. That character, but besides the fact, Brooklyn Prince was incredible, incredible, absolutely amazing. All the William Dafoe, Brooklyn Prince, Bria Vinay was amazing. They were all absolutely amazing, and I felt like for me, the scenes surrounding the daughter were really beautiful because, well, I don't even know if "beautiful" is the right word, but they were really impactful for me, just because they added, like you were saying before, the excitement and like the fact that this she's like growing up in extreme poverty, but like has dreams and like like imagines life and, and like live, she like creates almost like a fantasy for herself within like where she's living. And for her, it's like the normal. And she's just like living how any child would live. And there's not this like romanticized or really dark aspect to it. It's just like a very real portrayal of how like a child would see their reality. And it's really innocent. And I feel like looking through her lens adds a whole different dynamic to the film. Cause you can really, you like see everything for what it is. Because it's like through the view of like a child who's looking at everything really honestly.
1: Yeah. And that, that's why it's so interesting when the movie, in a few scenes and more towards the end, kind of brings in people outside the community. Because mm-hmm. most of the movie is just the motel patrons. Like, there's that one sequence with the guy with the wristbands. And oh, yeah. He uh, thinks he had his wristbands stolen, shows up at the motel. And he has this confrontation with Haley and with Bobby. And he calls the place a dump after Willem Dafoe says something about the residents. And and he says, like, these these people aren't residents. This isn't a hotel. This is a dump. Mm -hmm. And if we were him in his place, and we were with our family on vacation, like driving by, going to Disney World, we probably would think it was a dump. But after we've spent an hour plus ingrained in this community, it seems insane that anyone could call it a dump. And I, I think that's what the movie does so well. And then there was another scene that was also really, I thought just
0: added to the dynamic of the movie that was, um, there was a couple that showed up on their honeymoon that meant to reserve a spot in the magic, like the actual magic
1: castle. Right, in Disney World. Mm -hmm.
0: And ended up reserving a spot by accident or he didn't even do it. He had somebody else do it for him which just really (laughs) did a good job of showing how much of another world they came from. But he ended up, they ended up staying, like having a spot reserved there by accident. And they were like, it was like the end of the world for them to be there, which after it was towards the end of the movie too. So after like spending the whole beginning of the movie, seeing Mooney and all of her friends running around and mm-hmm.
1: like enjoying time in the pool and just like thriving. It was a really weird. Right. moment. And we do get glimpses of them being like aware of the outside world. Whenever the helicopters take off to like take tourists to Disney world, they're always flipping them off. Mm-hmm. Like, And without giving too much away about the ending there, there's a, Very emotional moment for Mooney at the very end, where we realize like she's happy and she's like created this world for herself, but she's also very aware of what her situation is. Absolutely, yeah.
0: And there, there's that scene at the end is like absolutely heart wrenching to watch, just because the whole film. Not that I've been convinced that she doesn't know what's going on, but I think her like creating her own world like that really shows how much she does know what's going on, and to finally have that realized. That was a moment that just hit hard.
1: And the ending is definitely a movie ending and one of the moments of this scene that I'll remember. But I think, like, overall, the moments I remember are the ones that are the happy moments. Mm-hmm. Where she's, like, Mooney and her friends are walking around eating ice cream. Yeah. There's that one moment where they crash another hotel lobby. Yes. And yeah. start stealing their breakfast. <laughs> and Mooney puts a strawberry and a raspberry in her mouth at the same time. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And she's like, I'm going to see what this tastes like. And she waits like five solid seconds. And that was like the most suspenseful moment in any movie all year. Oh, absolutely.
0: <laughs> it was just like waiting for her
1: expression. Was... And she says, man, oh man, that's gross. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I think Winnie might be one of my favorite characters from any movie, probably of the year and of any movie I've seen in a long time.
1: Definitely one of the best child performances I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Do you think that, like, the film does a good job with
0: its income inequality commentary?
1: I think, to a certain extent, Sean Baker is very much interested in, like, making a movie about income inequality. Like, that's the whole backdrop of this movie. Yeah. But at the same time, he doesn't care to answer any specific questions about it. Like, it's not, it's not a movie where you're having a policy debate with someone and you're like, I don't know what to do about poverty. And you're like, go watch The Florida Project. Yes. Because it doesn't have answers like that. It's more about the way we should be telling the story about people in poverty, mm.
0: and that goes for me in terms of like how I watch other movies. Like if you're watching a lot of coming of age movies, kind of pigeonhole characters or are they're like kind of tropey, not to just like simplify the movie, but they like all embody kind of like a similar theme. And this film is similar in the way that it doesn't do what those films do. Like you're we saying before, it's so much more than just a movie about poverty, and it's has it's like dynamic and full characters. It's like a story about People that just happen to be in poverty, but that's not the only aspect of the of the of themselves that the movie focuses on.
1: Let's talk about some of the other characters. Oh, um, we talked a lot about Mooney. Mm-hmm. What about Haley? What did you think about Haley's performance?
0: I thought it was amazing. That was part of the movie for me. I think that looking at each character makes the commentary so unique. Just because it's like a whole different movie, they, it feels like they have multiple protagonists. And doing that almost makes the movie feel like there are multiple movies in itself. Just because everybody's so different, whether it's like Bobby or Haley or Mooney, every, all, all the characters like are looking have a different view willfully, just because that's the way they think, and forced, just because that's the way they have to exist in the environment that they're in. But they all have a totally different view of like what their life is like and what's going on. So you just get a totally different view and commentary of like the situation that they're in. And Haley was a character that was—it was so hard for me to watch because she like was so forced to like actualize and realize her position. As much as she was a child, she was deaf. I mean, she was a mother and an adult, and like really had to take ownership, but also had the responsibility of protecting her daughter. Yeah. And it was really exau- not exhausting. It's not, definitely not the right word because it was enjoyable to watch, but it was hard to see someone have to go through that to like go out and do whatever they could and feel the real stress of like maybe not being able to survive and then come back and be super excited and almost put on the show for someone that you really care about
1: yeah in in my notes i wrote down that she was more it it felt like she was more like an older sister character Mm, than like a mother because she was still straddling that line between kind of being an adolescent in a lot of ways yeah and She's just a really interesting character because she's trying so hard for Mooney, and she really is creating a great life for her. And by the end, we kind of do see that maybe she is the one with her best interests at heart. Mm -hmm. Um, But at the same time, she's in a lot of ways completely immature and completely irresponsible. And it's just an interesting character to hold up against kind of the stereotype that some people always have of like, the poor are like lazy and irresponsible and can't take care of themselves. And then the other side are like, no, we just are not supporting them enough. Mm -hmm. And Haley is just kind of something that doesn't belong to either of those.
0: Agreed. Just another reason why this film is so unique. Yeah. She's like someone who definitely needs support for herself, which was crazy, but it's just like a really another, another cool aspect of the film is when Bobby comes in, he's almost like that support
1: system for her. Yeah, we haven't talked about Bobby at all. And mm-hmm. Willem Dafoe is great. Yeah, oh, definitely. He's the, I mean, he's the manager of the hotel, but he's also kind of the community caretaker and the law enforcement. And <laughs> yeah, he's trying to get paid, but he's also trying to actually create like something that's a real community. Definitely, you
0: can. I mean, you can tell that he definitely has the interests, the residents' interests, like their best interests at heart. Throughout the whole film, there's a there's a moment. Well, I mean, he lets people stay at the hotel for long periods of time and is like willing to move people's rooms so they can't get in trouble and is pretty lenient with rent for a lot of people.
1: I love that absolutely gorgeous shot where I, f- I forget what he'd been doing right beforehand, but he, he was like running around. Yes. I think he was trying to turn the electricity back on after the kids that, shut it off. <laughs> after the kids shut it off. Yeah. And then it's like sundown and he lights up a cigarette and then all the lights in the motel go on and it's just beautiful.
0: That's amazing. Is that also the scene where people like start opening their doors and they have like a wide frame? Oh, yes. That yes. was amazing. I saw something on that or read something about that where someone was saying that um, this was the case for some of the people that were filming in that scene as extras but a lot of the people were actually residents of like motels in Florida that were part of that scene mm. which is pretty unbelievable. I mean it goes along with the reality that Sean B- Baker creates in the movie
1: yeah and the wide shot definitely gives you a sense of like just the common experience that they all have absolutely yeah it's like its own ecosystem that's the thing about this movie like we could keep talking and talking and I could just point out like individual shots or individual scenes just over and over because that's really oh, yeah. a lot of the time we've been talking about characters and performances and what it means for like poverty there's not really a firm plot it's just kind of about these people living here mm-hmm. yeah and it's just a collection of Great scenes. Oh my gosh, yeah,
0: yeah. Even going beyond the characters, that was—I mean—the characters made the film, but the cinematography was incredible. Even just like the layout and the, the set design pieces just made it feel so dreamy. Like when um when the characters or all the, all the children ran, they run off to like a series of other houses, I think that Babi owns, and it it almost feels like they're going to a whole other planet. Yeah, just because the film is so just builds up the environment of the motel so much and then when they leave it feels like a whole nother world
1: that's what i love so much about sean baker's movies this one and tangerine the movie he made before this about uh two black transgender prostitutes in los angeles i believe Mm -hmm. he's just like taking these areas that are normally portrayed in movies as like completely run down and dirty and gross and like Mm -hmm. these like Sides of the road and motels are just, like, the most beautiful places on Earth to him.
0: Oh, agreed. And some movies, I feel like, especially movies that comment on poverty or have social commentary, make this big, grand kind of statement. Like you were talking about before, where they have some big purpose, where they feel like they they have to take on so much. But Sean Baker's movies are so honest. Mm -hmm. And they're just, like, very real.
1: Yeah, there's not, like, one lesson. The... I did, I did mark this one quote. Mm-hmm. I think for most of the movie, he kind of strays away from saying anything specific and kind of just letting the story unfold. Mm-hmm. But there's one quote that I think kind of has some subtext um, yes. where Mooney and Jancy are, are hanging out in a tree eating jam. Oh, yeah. And Mooney says, you know why? This is my favorite tree. And Jancy says, why? And Mooney says, because it's tipped over and it's still growing. Oh my gosh. And it's kind of, I mean, I I think it's kind of intended to speak to like, yes, it's like the way our society is set up. Like, we've kind of tipped these people over sideways, but they still created their own thing anyway. Yeah, that was one of those moments where you're like, oh my
0: goodness, okay.
1: I had had one written down at the end, another quote about without giving too much away, Mm -hmm. somebody from the outside. Says to Mooney, "You're such a big girl," and Mooney says, "No, I'm not. Like she, she's like fully aware that she is a child, and like she, she doesn't have to be like pandered to or condescended to." Yeah, oh, definitely. It just shows like how aware of her reality she is. Oh,
0: absolutely. And then there's another part where she says something's going on. And she says, "I can always tell when adults are about to cry," mm. and that's another where it's she's like very aware of. What's going on and like what the people in her life are going through especially in that moment
1: yeah Sean Baker gives a lot of time for the kids to play with lighters and make armpit noises yeah and then he also says like look these people are really smart even though they're six absolutely mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did any aspect of the film not work for you <laughs> I, I don't I don't think anything <laughs> doesn't work for me with this movie I think I think if you wanted to get to some complaints about the scope of it I mean, it is a movie, basically about white people in poverty, mm-hmm. um, and just focusing on that perspective. But I don't, I don't think Sean Baker was necessarily putting them on a pedestal or, or, or ignoring um, other folks who experience that kind of thing to a greater degree. Mm-hmm. He was just kind of, he was telling the story that he knows, and he was telling just that story.
0: Yeah. It was something i I didn't think I'd thought about while I was watching it, just i think just based on the fact that it felt so personal to like
1: the characters in it, and it's so tied to a place like it's called the Florida Project. It's about these people in this situation, yes,
0: and like not in a city kind of um it feels pretty rural. I can't really think of anything either though I'm struggling to come up with something that didn't work for me,
1: so what are your final thoughts on maybe what this movie says about? poverty and income inequality and what's your like when we we look back on this collection of movies like yes. the footer project taught us
0: i guess what i'd say about the film when i look
1: back on it i just feel
0: like it's like very honest really honest and real and unapologetic i think in the sense that the i don't think the film tries to it like you were saying before it doesn't try to make any statements i think it just tells a really beautiful story and that all speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. So I think the film speaks for itself.
1: Yeah. I think my I think my lasting impression is just I'm just gonna think about how joyful the movie is mm-hmm. and how like joyful these people's lives can be. But then also thinking about the ending and like Bobby works so hard to like create this community, mm-hmm. but at a certain point there's only so much he can do to to help people without like there's there's other there's other forces at work that he can't he can't control everything. That's
0: another part of the, I guess just film, that aspect of it is it it's so enclosed. So that's something I wasn't even thinking about like. The structures that were in place and like, how easily, all of that could be changed by like a visit from, the police or, just because in the film it, I mean, they definitely kind of
1: remove all outside forces for a while, right? Kind of entranced in what's going on. Because I, I mean that's what their lives are like. It's like it's not like they're thinking about like the greater structures at work of why they live in motel. They're just like thinking about paying the week's rent mm-hmm. and eating some waffles. Yeah, <laughs> or getting ice cream. Or getting ice cream. Mm-hmm. Any other scenes? Mm-hmm. I wrote down the moment where Mooney and her friend are. Like yelping into the fan, I, that was really fun. That was a good scene. <laughs> uh, the fire scene. Fires! Oh my gosh!
0: <laughs> 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 but it seems like that. Then I don't know. The, it's n- not like any other movie that's about poverty. It's, it's crazy. It's, I, it felt like a, almost some like old. Like coming of age, not movie at some points. Mm Mm-hmm. Which is so odd. And then there was another scene, too, the, um, or I guess character, the older woman, I think she had daughters that Mooney was friends with, and initially, like, did not want to be around or associated with Haley, and then became closer to them later on.
1: I thought she was a really interesting character. Yeah, and they just bonded over having, like... (laughs) Basically, an act of, like, I don't know, like, property damage. Yeah. And then they just bo- bonded pretty quickly just because of how similar their situations were. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ended up, like, having a
0: sleepover, I think. Yeah. And, okay, the scene with, where one of the Mooney's friends, one of her best friends, um, who is the daughter of some, uh, one of one or the son of one of Haley's friends, I think it was him he throws a fish in the pool because he's trying to bring it back to life.
1: Oh yeah. That was a scene that in the beginning was like, oh my.
0: Just really brings out the childlike
1: feel of the movie. Thank you for listening and join us for our next episode when we talk about two Charlie Chaplin movies that tackle these issues.